You're listening to Dr. Leslie from Dr. Leslie Inspires, where we empower mothers by raising their level of awareness, discussing tough mother-son issues that everyone knows exists, but no one is talking about. Learn more about us by visiting our website at www.drlesleyinspires.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Leslie. So hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome to the Dr. Leslie Inspires show. And today I am here with our guest, Miss Pam. And so I'm going to let her introduce herself a little bit more, but I'm going to start us off in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come before you one more time. We pray, Lord, that you would just take over and give us the words to speak, the on-time word that you would have for a mother who is listening to this podcast. Give us, the, give us an on-time word to say, let us hear your still small voice uh, as we are speaking, um, as we are listening, so that we will know what to say to help set another mother free from the bondage of uh, control from the bondage of lack of control for the bondage of just love or whatever it is. So we just pray, Lord, and we just thank you in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So Miss Pam, Miss Pam, welcome to our podcast today. Thank you so much. How are you today? I'm blessed and highly favored. That's Wonderful. Yes, you are. And so I know you're there uh, in Ohio with all the cold and the, the snow that's coming. So we just pray that you, you know, stay warm, you and your loved ones stay warm and just, just do what you need to do. And so we thank you as you are inside uh, today, taking the time out to come yes. and speak with us. So you all, Miss Pam, she is an educator. She is a devoted mom. She is a board member, a school board member. Uh, she's very active in the community and just an overall good-hearted person. And we have spoken, we've actually become uh, friends since she, uh, we became acquainted with her reading my book and she was part of the 30-day pandemic uh, for moms. And so through that, I've learned about her. I've learned about her genuine heart, uh, the heart for her children. And so, you know, just like many of you, she too has had and is still overcoming uh, struggles with uh, being just a loving mom and giving her heart and wanting the best for her sons and overall for her children. So Miss Pam, if you could um, just say a few words first, just tell us a little bit more about yourself and how we became acquainted. Yes, I am, as Dr. Leslie stated, I am a 15 year school board member uh, in the city of Maple Heights. Um, and I am also a seven year now teacher because I changed my um, direction. I thought I wanted to go into business, but then uh, God just put a, a calling on my heart, you know, that I needed to be in the classroom um, and, and teach kids. Um, 
how I met Leslie, uh, her mom and my mom are go to the same church and they are bosom buddies. And my mom uh, attended a, a uh, I guess it was a book reading, book signing that you had, Leslie, here in Cleveland. Yes. And she came back and she said, Pam, you have to read this book because she knew some of the struggles I was going through with, uh, with my middle son. And when I got, I ordered the book and I sat down and I started reading it. I think I read that, read the book in probably about a couple of hours, but through the process, I cried through it because I could see that she was touching areas that I needed to, to change. This is still so very hard wow. for me um, because thinking about thinking back where I was when I sat down and read the book and where I am now in my relationships with my sons is almost like a 360. Um, some areas I still struggle um, trying to control um, and they are quick now to say, um, I don't want you to do anything, you know. Um, and I'll, I'll share with you later on in the conversation, you know, just recently, two days ago, Cameron uh, said that to me and what we were discussing. Okay. So ever since then, Leslie and I have uh, been connected. Um, when I'm struggling, you know, I know I can reach out to her and, and get support and get some direction. Um, so I'm still finding my way as many of you know, moms will continue to try to find their way through this process because it's not an overnight thing. Exactly. Um, you you we, just said it. You just yep, it's yep. like life. Yeah. Life. It is a, a process and it is not overnight. And you know, I think that's one of the things that if I could say to any of the mothers, uh, don't think that this is a once and done type thing. You have to first be committed to the process, as Miss Pam is. Mm -hmm. Um and for her, I know you said we would talk about this later. But for your sons to have said, you know, you're doing too much or whatever it was, you had to somewhere in there give them permission to do yeah. that to you. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the only way they will feel comfortable. You gave them permission to say, hey, and you receive it. That's, I think that's one of the beauties that I feel is one of the best things in terms of working with you. You know, you are very open to receiving. You were able to admit that there was a problem. And then when you came to grips, especially after reading the book, um, that maybe I need to look at myself. You know what I mean? Because that's, yeah. that's the first thing, looking at yourself. We can look at our sons all day long. But Miss Pam, you were open to looking at yourself and making the change. So I, yeah. I applaud you for that. I applaud Thank you. you. Thank you. Because I, I just want to make myself, I want to be a better me. Because um, yeah. I'm, you know, after going through a divorce, I'm, I was open because I wanted to know what do I need to change about me? Um, not that I'm saying that everything was my fault or anything like that, but I wanted to be prepared um, to go through my life knowing and loving me because I have forgotten yeah. how to love me um and to you know just go through life and not look for you know 
who did this to me and what did I do to them and just loving on me. I needed to learn how to do that again. Yeah. And we talk about that in the book. I'll put that up. There's a place in there um, because it's very common. That's why it's in the book because it's very common for women to put so much into their children, no matter what age. You mm -hmm. find a lot of women who think, oh, well, they're 18 now, I'm done. Oh no, your job is just beginning almost. Just beginning, oh my goodness. <laughs> that age. And, and we just constantly continue to look forward to the end of that feeling or toward the end of our sons growing up. But Ms. Pam, with you saying you wanted to have a better you, that's what you have to do um, after a divorce, after your kids grow up, while they're growing up, it's a continuous process process of creating a better you. So I commend you for that. Oh, and I love talking to you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you were just so real with, you know, things that are going on. So as we, um, I remember the last time that we talked and we had your sons on the call with us mm -hmm. and part of that very emotional interview was your sons um talking and um after you having given them questions you know a questionnaire to fill out about you uh and then your daughter i think you either asked her or she she actually filled out one too but Nevertheless, they actually had the same responses on men. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that just floored me. Um, so, you know, I've always gone through my life and I try to tell my kids that if you keep getting the same response from everybody and it's exactly the same, and they're not related, nobody knows anybody, then you need to look at yourself. <laughs> so that was turned around on me. Because I gave them all the three same questions and neither, none of them had spoken to each other about it. And when I read them, they were exactly the same. And, it, and the biggest thing that stood out was that I always, I never say no. And I always try to fix everything mm. for them. Wow. And, and that's true because I didn't feel like I should say no to my kids, you know? And whatever issues or whatever problems they were having, you know, I just go in the fix it mode. Okay, I'm going to take care of this for you, you know, um, put you back on the right track, you know, let me figure this out. And they didn't want that all the time. They wanted to try to figure it out for themselves. Miss Pam, where do you think that that type of uh, action or behavior come from? What, where does that stem from? I think a lot of it came from seeing my dad. Um, he had 11 brothers and sisters and he was the oldest boy and his family, his mom and a couple of his sisters struggled with um, an illness, um, muscular dystrophy. So he was always in charge of pick, you know, putting them to bed, getting them up in the mornings, taking us to school. So I constantly saw him fixing and taking care of stuff, you know, all the time. Mm -hmm. So I think that I took that as that's what you're supposed to do for the people you love and the people you're around. You're supposed to take care of everything, regardless of what the cost is. 
Um, so I think that's where I got a lot of that from. And also from my grandmother, my mom's mom, you know, I was around her a lot, you know, and she was very, very independent, very. And she took care of her kids, my mom and her sisters by herself. So I just had a lot of um, strong people around me, but not just looking at what they did, but not really understanding why they did it. Mm -hmm. So we usually look at those things later in life after we've made some mistakes. Right. So do you think that uh, that impacted you in your marriage as well? Yes, I do. Because of the fact that... Um, I don't think I allowed him to be the man of my home mm. um, because I, when I saw something getting ready to happen that I didn't think that should happen that way, you know, I would step in and, and, and take care of it. Yep. Um, so then that gave him permission to just like kind of sit back. Okay, well, you gonna handle it. So you do it, you know? Um, so I feel like I remember me and him having a discussion, a, you know, argument a lot of the time saying, um, I need you to stop treating me. You're not my mother, you know? Mm -hmm. So I guess he felt that I had put him in the box of the kids, you know, yep. you know, looking at him like that. And that, and to be honest and truthfully, that's how I felt. I felt like I was raising a grown man because of some of the decisions that he would make um, that affected our household, mm -hmm. you know? So that was always a struggle for me, but I didn't know how to sit back and just whatever happened, happened, you know, he had to deal with it. I, I just didn't, I never wanted him to fail or disrupt our home. So I would try to fix it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what you just said, was probably the story of 90% of the women <laughs> that uh, Dr. Leslie Inspires encounters. 90% of the women that we work with have that challenge. And so it actually spills down into um, the relationship with our sons. And so we have to really work at becoming a, a less independent because we're taught, you know, like you said, you were taught indirectly you nobody really sat you down and said miss pam this is what you're supposed to do you learned a lot of that behavior from watching your father from watching your grandmother and so it's always it's the same way with our children with our sons it's not what you say it's what you do that right I and so we have to find well we end up finding ways with spouses or significant others um or, or trying to tone it down. And we have to relearn how to be a woman. Mm -hmm. We have to relearn how to be a woman because as black women in particular, we are very strong. And right. that is, is really going to be in my uh, other book where there was a, a form when you talk about um, Willie Lynch and all of those things that happened to the woman as she had to watch her husband uh, during slave times as she had to watch him experience a lot of abuse. Right. Because of that, she sheltered her children and she tried to teach her children her way so that they would not end up like her. Like yeah. Right. 
but it yeah. was for the love of her husband and for the love of her children. And so we are, are trying to really relearn how to be a woman who, you know, I don't want to say that S word submissive, but how to uh, be submissive, how to love, how to receive love. Because mm -hmm. I can imagine, you know, with you doing so much, you had trouble receiving love. Mm -hmm. You gave it the way that you knew how to give, which is your form of protection for your spouse, for your children. But at the same time, women like that, women like us, women like the women that we work with, they know how to give, but they have a hard time receiving. Is that I have a hard time receiving it. Yes, I do. I do. I mean, just to the simple fact where, you know, trying to date now and, you know, my, my level of my, my, I just can't, I ain't can't even put it in words just to go out and have, have a, have a meal with someone and a, and a guy saying, don't touch that door. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, it could just be simple stuff like that. You know, I'm so used to grabbing the door and just walking through it, you know? Yeah. Um, but knowing how to just like, whoa, stand back, you know, and I, I've had that happen to me several times yeah. because I'm just so used to just walking through a door. You're used to making it happen, not depending. Depending, yep. And some of that that we have to think about is really castrating. I talk about that a lot, castrating the man. Um, part of what Dr. Leslie inspires aims to do is we want to create men you know and part of that is we can't actually go and create a man but do you realize if you don't touch that door he feels more like a man and he mm -hmm. wants to open more doors for you yeah he wants to do so much more for you because you are allowing him that is part of his manhood right and so some people learn that, you know, young, you know, it, it becomes a, a type of uh, expectation that women have when it's done to them as, as girls. But even as we grow, I mean, we just change. The world is so different now, you know, yeah. it's, it's even acceptable if he doesn't open the door, you know, right. have we dummied down a little bit? If, if, is it okay? Or do we raise the level of expectation and say, are you going to hold the door open for me? I called my daughter doing that one time because I had told her, I said, don't, don't, I said, he need to come to the door and he need to open the door for you, you know, when you get in the car. And I caught her one day just standing there. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, so she listening. Yeah. But her mama need to listen, use her own words too. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you're aware. And, you know, many times we can teach it, you know, but we are still our own best student. You're an educator, so you know what it's like. We can teach all day long. All day, all day. Follow our own medicine. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the other things, too, in one of our prior conversations, you talked about uh, someone else on the call, um, they were, it was a different conversation and you were talking about, uh, well, they were saying they were giving up on their children and some things had happened and you were really quiet that whole call. But when this person said something about giving up on their child, you chimed in and said, don't do that. And you said it with such 
force and you said, don't do not give up on your child because when I was a certain age, this happened between me and my mother. And I wonder where I would be if my mother gave up on me. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, uh, I was probably around 20. I had come back from Ohio State from college. You know, I was out down there partying and uh, start was working. And I had come home that day tired and I walked in and she seemed to be like jumping on me for no apparent reason. Like, you need to wash these dishes. You know, that's the way she kind of came. And before I knew it, I said something back and she was up in my face. And next thing I know, we were tussling on the kitchen floor. It's just like I totally blacked out. Um, and it took my dad to come in and kind of separate us. And so the next day I had a interview with the post office. So I get up that morning, I go to my poke, go to the interview, come back. My mom had all everything in my room sitting out on the front porch. That's uh, it was a summertime. She had packed up everything. She ain't leave nothing up in that room, nothing that belonged to me. So um I was just, I couldn't believe she had did it. She's like, you can't stay here no more. You can't stay here. So I packed up, went and stayed with my girlfriend's um, friend. And I don't think I spoke to my mother for about six months, five to six months. But when, she, when we did talk, she told me how much she loved me, why she did it. Um, and that was because I was not gonna disrespect her in her home you know, and mm. this was her house. This was her place. And uh, from that day forward, I mean, it hasn't been rosy. It, ha it has been learning each other um, since then. Um, but my mom, she supports me. She stayed, you know, she has helped me with a lot of things I've gone through my, in my life. Um, but I just think that that could have been the last time I ever spoke with my mother. And I mean, she, during that time, that six months, she called around checking, trying to get in touch with me, but me being pigheaded, you know, wouldn't talk to her or whatever. But I never had the feeling ever that she gave up on me during that event, during that issue. Mm -hmm. And she's always supported me. Um, and I just, that, that just, when the person said that on the call, it just like went through my my soul because we can't, even though they're not doing what we expect them to do, we still can't give up on them, but we got to find out how we can support them and be there for them um, in any situation. You know, just don't give up. Yeah, when you say don't give up, what what is the stopping point? What is the stopping point of not giving up and what do you consider to not give up? So like your mom, she was, you knew that she didn't give up because somebody might've said, oh, your mom called today asking about you. Yeah. So you kind of knew that, okay, okay. She still, she still loves me. At least she's checking, you know, you're yeah. not hearing anything. And then she, you know, seeing her party and somewhere and forgot all about you, you know. Right, right. She still had clues that, that she was concerned. What is the stopping point? And what, how does a woman manage her stopping point and what does that look like um maybe to you or you know what 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 would that look like to you or how would you tell somebody who's just had it 
What does it look like to just pause, stop, and not stop? I say, for one, just to stay prayerful. You know, I mean, just ask God to, to guide your decisions and guide your heart, you know, because it's so easy to, to build up a wall, but it's hard tearing it down. So keeping a, at least keeping the communication open, um, even if they don't want it, you know, just continually, but not invading their space, mm -hmm. you know, giving them that space, that room, because eventually it's all going to work itself out to me. Um, and just like with my son, with Cameron, um, I've learned to give him his space, mm. you know, um, I don't expect him to call me every week. Um, I don't expect him to, you know, call and say, Hey mom, how you doing? You know, the ex don't have the expectation. Mm. That's one thing because it's your expectation. Yeah. You know, um, but your expectation may not coincide with what theirs is. Mm -hmm. Um, so I know when Cameron called me, he had going to be asking me, uh, some crazy, um, <laughs> but I know when he does call is because he actually wants me to do something or help him yeah. make a decision. Um, it, it, it's been, it's been a rough road because normally not, like I said earlier, the conversation we had the other day, um, Cameron has had several jobs in 2020. Um, I would say five to six different jobs. And he recently lost a, a job that um, I thought that was going to really like taking places. And we were having a conversation and I asked him, I said, what's your goal? You know, where do you want to be? I said, you can't go through life without a goal. And he said, my goal is to open up a, a studio where I do like videos or whatever for people, you know, their websites, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, how do you expect to accomplish that goal? when you keep changing jobs mm -hmm. well i'm not gonna work for nobody that don't treat me right and don't talk to me right and blah blah i'm not gonna i want to have my own i said well you have had five jobs and you're barely making it so how are you gonna save when you're barely making it you gotta work for somebody mm -hmm. and uh i said well where do you what do you want to do he's like ma I don't want any help from you. I'll find a job. I, I, I always have a job, which he does. I don't know how he gets jobs, right. but he gets his job. He can get I said, them, well, but he can't keep them. Exactly. Uh -huh. Exactly. I said, Cameron, you only have about one more year to be on my insurance. And dude, you're, you're done. You need to figure it out. You got to put time in somewhere. But he was like, I don't want your help. I can figure it out myself. You know, but I wanted to at least put something in his mind yeah. that your time is running out, mm -hmm. you know, to achieve your goal, you're going to have to save some money. You're going to have to work for somebody to make some money. That's right. You know, and the thing is, he is just like your daughter, mm -hmm. uh, even though they may not, it may not seem like they're listening Mm -hmm. They are listening to every word you say. Mm -hmm. So the best thing that we can do as mothers, uh, something that I've learned is to talk in the most calm way 
they yep. can because they are listening. And yep. so whatever it is you want to say, you know, it's in his head. My mama said, my mom, and he's, he can remember everything that you said in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think based off of what you said, you have come a very long way from the beginning. Uh, and it, you've just made a decision. You know what I mean? And that still keeps your son in your grace. You know, it, it keeps you all's relationship moving. Yeah. You know what and I mean? I, and when he's trying to take it to another level, you know, like raising his voice, like Cameron, let's just have a conversation. I said, I'm just, I'm just giving you what I think. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to take it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he find, I find him coming back down. Or when I know that he's not gonna come back down, I just be quiet. Uh huh. Just cut it off, cause okay, you're not receiving what I'm saying, and I'm not gonna push it on you. Just leave it alone. Right. And that's very different from the mother who you gonna hear what I gotta say. You know. Yeah. You may yeah. not have said it, but we keep talking. And guess what? I imagine that's the same behavior that happened in the marriage, because mm-hmm. our sons. Um, a lot of them grow up at that same level of intelligence, that same attitude that they have towards their mother. Yep. And that's the same attitude that they start to have towards their wife. Yep. And so some of the things you may not hear in the beginning, because that's the very thing that draws them to you, that mother, um, those mother-like characteristics, but it's also the same thing later on down the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, she acting like my mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that you know, and that'll start getting on their nerves. So, you know, we want to create better men. If we yes. become better women, we become better wives. Using these tools, equipping ourselves, taking care of ourselves. Uh, not taking care of everybody else first, you know, thinking about the repercussions of what do we want this relationship with our son to look like? It's in our hands, you know, we create it. We create it, you know, the Bible says we can build them up or we can tear them down. And so our goal is to start to use our words and build them up just like that. Yeah. Um, I think I have covered everything that I wanted to, you have, um, I want to give you a round of applause <laughs> for such growth from the beginning. Cause your interview was so heartfelt and it was so real. And I think a lot of women can, um, take that interview. It's, it's actually in one of our courses, which I'll have to put that out there. But you, um, the fact that you were just willing, you know, you had an open heart to receive, I need to figure out what's going on with me. Yeah. And it sounds like you're continuing to do that, which is why you're still having continuous growth, self-growth. Yeah, I had to, because it was going to be me or them. I mean, (laughs) and I just, I ain't ready to check out yet. That's right. Say that. Okay. What do you mean by that? (laughs) I just ain't ready to check out, you know, because I mean, all of the stress and all of the trying to do for them and them being seeming unappreciative, you know, what I was doing, it it was killing me. It was, it, 
I would find myself in a depression. Like, what am I doing? Why, why don't my kids love me? Why don't they listen to me? You know, so I was just in a, in a spiral of blame, just accepting all the blame for everything that had, was going wrong. And I was killing myself. Mm. Yeah. Pam, you are speaking to so many mothers right now. So many women who are going through the same exact thing, who are feeling the exact same way that you just expressed. And in some ways, um, a lot of mothers are hiding. They're hiding from themselves and they're hiding from the situation in disbelief that they, they're with their college education, they, yeah. with their, all of the, you know, degrees behind their name, they, with as hard as I work, all of these plaques on my wall, having trouble with my children. Right. Oh, no, no, not me. So it's a form of embarrassment for a lot of women and a lot of women hide and keep it to themselves. So that alone is going to free up a lot of women. And I just, I just thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. I, my, my last thought to them is just to be real with yourself, you know, yeah. admit, admit the problem. Mm-hmm. And like you said in your book, step one, admit the problem. So that that's the first step. Admit that it is. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't try to make it be flashy and oh, it's this perfect and all of that. And nothing's perfect. Yeah. Nothing in life. So, and and that just drew me to another question. Did you go through a period where you refused to admit that there, to yourself that there was a problem? Yeah, absolutely. Cause I felt like I knew everything, you know, everything, everything I was telling my kids was, th were things that I experienced, but, um, didn't mean that they were going to experience it that same way. Um, mm -hmm. so it's like, okay, if you don't want to listen, all right, go on, bye. See ya. You know, okay. I didn't try to tell you, but sometimes everything that I did tell them it, it may not have happened that way you know and they found their own way to to solve the problem so mm -hmm. and even with my husband you know I mean my ex-husband you know everything didn't have to be my way mm. so wow okay well we are going to end on that note we're talking to Miss Pam educator extraordinary devoted mother extraordinaire a uh, school board member extraordinaire. And I do want to say that Miss um, Pam, she was very instrumental in bringing Dr. Leslie Inspires to uh, Maple Heights to speak during their um, Parent Fun Fest. Parent Fun Fest. And we had a ball. And uh, so I just want to thank you once again for uh, sharing that experience with us, Miss Pam. So I, I guess I should say influential as well. It was very clear that when she believes in something, she tries to make it happen. So I can see how all of that energy can, uh, can tie into your children, can tie into your work, can tie into everything that you do. You're just professional and you're serious about what you do and you're serious about the things and the people that you love. Absolutely. So we just thank you so much, Miss Pam. And... Thank you, Dr. Leslie. I enjoyed it.
Yes. Let me let me close this out in prayer real quick. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Miss Pam, oh God. Thank you for giving her the heart to want to come and share her experiences with other mothers. We just thank you, oh God. We pray that you would continue to cover her, um, have the Holy Spirit to speak to her in that still small voice, give her wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that she needs to do what you would have her to do uh, for her children and as she meets uh, the right Mr. Right, uh, as he's coming her way, and even with her uh, mother and father, her family members. So we thank you, Lord. We cover her, and we just ask you to, um, we, we just give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, Miss Pam. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Dr. Leslie Inspires. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Also, for more content and resources, please be sure to visit our website, www.drlesslieinspires.com. We'll see you in the next episode.